0: The reading this morning is taken from the first book of First Letter to the Corinthians. Chapter 14, verses 26 to 40, and it's on page 1155 in the Church Bibles. And the title, Good Order in Worship. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together... Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Or did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for Hannah, shall we? Father, thank you for Hannah. Thank you for her ministry in this town. Uh, thank you that she is willing to speak on this tricky passage and that uh, we know that you're going to speak through her so bless her now and us as we listen in jesus name amen
1: here i am i'm a woman and i'm speaking sorry about that Uh, first of all thank you again for inviting us here to be with you this morning uh, it's a real pleasure and privilege to be with you today, and it's a real honor to be able to uh, open up uh, scriptures with you, even though they are tricky. Um, it is an honor to be doing that, so thank you for having us here. Um, before I say anything, uh, I'd like to offer a few disclaimers, if, if I can, um, just so you know where I'm coming from, and uh, yeah, you can give me some grace, hopefully. First of all, uh, I'm really aware that you've been studying uh, this book of 1 Corinthians for a while now, and I haven't been here to hear what's been said. I don't know where you've come from, I don't know what you've already said, I don't know how you've viewed this book so far. So first of all, uh, apologies for anything I repeat that you've heard before, or anything that I omit just because I think you've already heard it. And secondly, I'm really aware that I'm coming to talk about the issue of um, church and orderly worship in a church that I don't worship in. So I don't know what you do here. I mean, I've got, I've got a fairly good idea. Um, I know Church of England churches, and I've got a good idea of what you get up to here. But I don't know your specific context. So if I say anything that doesn't resonate with you, uh, then please um, hear my apologies on that. And thirdly, uh, just to say that I am a youth worker, first and foremost, I work for Shrewsbury Youth for Christ, uh, and I'm not a Bible scholar, I'd just like to put that out there straight away, and I'm really aware as well that uh, I'm standing before people who have followed Jesus for much longer than I have, and studied his word for much longer than I have, so I hope you'll extend me some grace as we look at this scripture together. I don't know how wide your experience of church is. I don't know you. I don't know if you are diehard Church of Englanders and have always worshipped in the Church of England or if you have a wide range of experience. I don't know if you love action and activity and noise. I don't know if you prefer to worship God in quiet and reflection. Myself, I call myself a bit of a spiritual mongrel, in that I've never really belonged to any particular denomination or flavor of church. I've been part of an Anglican church, part of a Baptist church, Pentecostal churches, and everything in between, really. But there's one experience of church that I will never forget, and I'm going to share it with you uh, before we look at the scripture together. I was living in Manchester at the time, in Moss Side. I don't know if many of you know Moss Side at all, but it's quite different to Shrewsbury. Um, And so we were looking for a church, and so we we went to a few different churches, and we ended up one evening in this uh, small uh, Pentecostal church. And uh, I'd experienced lots of different types of worship before, but it was, it was quite wild, and I, I was feeling quite uncomfortable there. Um, like, demons were being cast out. I'd like to cast this off me right now. Um, demons were being cast out, and it all got fairly wild. There was, uh, you know, um, ladies with wigs, and their wigs were flying off all over the place. And then at one point, I... I The memory is is kind of vague, but I remember one lady literally went flying across the room. It was nothing I've ever experienced before or have experienced since. But when the lady went flying across the room, I have to say that um, I had to leave the service because I felt so deeply uncomfortable with what was going on in that service. And the question I kept asking myself over and over again as I stood outside was why did I feel so uncomfortable? Was it that I just needed to loosen up maybe, get rid of some of that kind of middle class English politeness and just go with the spirit, embrace it? Or was there something right about my discernment at the time? I remember going home that evening and I phoned my mum because I was still a little bit shaken by what, by what had happened. And I remember my mum spoke to me uh, a, a, a word from the passage that we've just read together. She said to me, God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. And so with that in mind, we come to this scripture today and I'd like to look at what I've titled, Orderly Liberty, and what that means for us as 21st century Christians living and worshipping in Shropshire. As you have already discovered in your reading and your study of the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to a specific place. It's Corinth. It can be We could call it maybe a den of iniquity. It's a wild place. And within that context, Paul is speaking to a church with its own particular issues. It's a large church. Uh, There are plenty of cliques, some people worshipping one thing, some people following another. There was probably little discipline, and it seems like there were fairly loose morals within that church. But as you all have read in the passage just preceding this one, Paul, above all else, is clear about one thing – and that is whatever is done in these services was for the edification or for the building up of the church. And what we read here today only seeks to cement that theme with Paul. That everything that is done should be A, to strengthen the church. But that B, those things should be done in an orderly way. Manner And how we love order, don't we, us English, us British. So, let's look at how this church is worshipping. And then let's look at what Paul's instructions are to the church. The church that we see in this picture is a church where lots of people have lots of parts to play within the service. We read... When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. So we see, don't we, a picture of a church where there's lots of participation. Great. It seems like the whole church is involved in their worship together. And many spiritual gifts are employed Paul talks about, the t- about tongues, about the interpretation of tongues, of prophecy, and the interpretation and the discernment of that prophecy, as well as people bringing hymns, songs, and words of instructions. So before we get into what Paul has to say to the church, I think it's important that we say there's something really positive, really beautiful about this picture of the church that we see. The whole gathering, it seems to me, feel like they're part of what God is doing, what God is saying among them. And they all have the freedom or the liberty to speak God's word into the gathering. And I think this is really good and really positive. But clearly, something has gone wrong, hasn't it? Otherwise, we wouldn't be reading Paul's instructions. Something's happened. There's something that's gone wrong with this beautiful picture we see of this church where everybody is involved. And so Paul offers some words of instruction. There's liberty in the church, there's freedom, and that is to be celebrated. But that this freedom... <coughs> should be exercised with order. Now Paul's instructions to this church clearly suggest that the speaking of tongue, tongues is a good thing. It's good if it's done correctly and if it's done to edify the church and the people in the church. So he says yes use this gift have the liberty have the freedom to use this gift that I have given to you but do so In a proper manner. So liberty with order. I don't know how these gatherings are going, but it seems to me that from Paul's instructions, it got a bit wild too. Maybe people were talking over each other, being selfish in the way that they were using their gifts. So Paul says, when you do this, just two or three of you to speak and don't speak over each other. Each tongue should be interpreted so that the whole church is built up and not just the speaker. So yes, have the freedom, have the liberty to use the gift of tongues, but do it with order. Paul's instructions here clearly suggest that prophecy is a good thing within their gatherings if done correctly and if used to edify and to build up the church. But again, Paul emphasizes, this is to be done in a proper manner. Maybe he was talking to those who were receiving this gift. Don't just eat it up, whatever's been said. Don't just digest it, but pray on it, think about it. Maybe discern what's been said in these meetings. So again, that whole responsibility of the church, not just to hear what the prophet has said, but to interpret that, to weigh it, to pray on it, and to discern it. Paul suggests that prophecy should be used so that everyone is instructed and encouraged. And then on to that that tricky passage about women. The fact that I've been invited here today reassures me that this is not a church where women are silent. So that's good. Um, That's great. Um, Ellie and I actually listened to a bit of Ivan's talk, uh, maybe from a few weeks ago, I think. Well, you know when it was. I don't know. I just listened to it. And I think Ivan gave some really uh, good uh, instructions to us as we read some of these tricky bits that Paul has to say about women and how women worship. And that was it had a lot to do with context, didn't it? That the head coverings had so much to do uh, with the context, so, I don't think I'm going to go too far into this, because many scholars over many years have really looked at this passage and come up with many different interpretations. And I'm not going to go there, but I will just say that I think Paul is talking to a very specific issue here. We read just uh, just a few chapters before, Paul saying that gifts of the Spirit are to be used by both men and women. And so either Paul is contradicting himself or he's giving instructions to a very specific context. I think it's the latter. It's possible at this time that men and women in their gatherings had to sit apart so there'd be a men's side and a lady's side. Maybe it was that if there was discussion and maybe arguments going on between husbands and their wives on different sides of the room, you could understand how that could become quite disorderly. Clearly there was an issue, and Paul uh, speaks into that issue uh, about the, the way that women should talk in church. I think Paul here was speaking to a very specific context. And I think women are free to talk in church, as I assume you are too, because I'm here. So Paul goes on to say, any discussions that, that are to be had between husbands and wives, maybe do that at home. Let's remember that Paul wanted people to be edified, but he wanted it to be done in an orderly manner. And maybe the best thing for that, the best place for that to happen is at home. I'm going to leave that bit there. Paul finishes with some questions that I can assume that the answers to are no. He says, did the word of God originate with you? No. Are you the only people that it has reached? No. In that case, says Paul, listen to what I'm saying. Be eager to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. And so how do we reflect on these words of Paul to the Corinthian church? Everything should be done to strengthen the church, but done in an orderly manner. And so there's a question I've been asking myself a lot as I've pondered these scriptures over the last couple of weeks. And that question is this, have we, in lovely, polite England, maybe taken these words of poor too far? Have we become so good, oh. could you pick it one? Have we become so good at order that we have neglected liberty. Now, just to let you know, I currently worship in a very typical Church of England church, but this passage has really made me think about the way that we worship. How much freedom really is there in our services? How open are we to allowing people liberty Men and women, liberty and sharing in the gifts of the spirit. How annoyed are we if the service goes on a bit too long and our roast potatoes burn? I think it's caused me to ask some really difficult personal questions too. And I'm going to share those with you, not because I want to overshare, but I think that there might be questions that are useful for you to ask yourselves personally too. How often do I go to church expecting to give or to share? How often do I go to church equipped, ready with an encouragement or a word to give to the whole body? Or am I happy just to go along and let the professionals do their job, let the professionals handle the worship while I just sit and receive? You see, Paul was speaking to a church that had all the spiritual gifts but lacked the character to handle them. And I wonder, have we swung too far in the opposite direction? Do we prioritize order and structure, rather than the freedom to exercise these gifts. And maybe those are some questions that we can all take away from this passage of scripture. Questions that we can ask of ourselves as individuals. Do we come to church to give or to receive? Are we happy to let the church minister edify us, build us up, without giving a thought to our responsibility to build each other up. And maybe questions that we can ask as a church, questions that I can ask with my church and you can ask yourselves. Have we become slaves to order to the detriment of liberty? Have we professionalized the church and or, or are all members free to speak? Have we neglected the gifts of the spirit in our worship? I think our scripture today uh, leaves us with more questions than answers. I'm sorry that I've not answered anything, but I've just given lots of questions. But that's how I've left this passage um, with lots of questions. And hopefully there'll be a chance for you to reflect on these after the service and maybe in your small groups. Uh, But if you find any answers, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear what you have to say. To finish, When we look at the church in Corinth, I think it's safe to say that it was a beautiful mess. It was beautiful because the whole church was engaged in the building up of others. It was beautiful because everybody had the freedom, the liberty to exercise the gifts of the Spirit to encourage other people. And it was beautiful because there was participation from both men and women seeking to hear from God and encourage others with that message. But it was messy. And I don't know about you, but I tend to over-romanticize the early church and think about how wonderful it must have been and how free they must have been and think it was like the best thing ever but the reality is that it was messy it was a beautiful mess and that's why Paul was writing to this church because it got messy. People were selfish with their gifts they spoke over one another it was a church lacking in discipline and that lack of discipline led to chaos it was a beautiful mess. And so as we ponder this passage over the next week, I pray that God would stir us up, that we might find that balance between order and liberty, that we would have the freedom, we would have the liberty to express God's word to others, but that we would do it with order. And as the great Eugene Peterson said in his message uh, version of the Bible, would we be courteous and considerate in everything?'